Just a quick heads up before we jump into this week's episode. Each week, I do this thing where I send out weekly support straight to your inbox with additional inspiration, tips, and tools that will help you to heal and overcome. And I promise I will never send you any junk. I will only show up in your inbox with things that will help you to experience lots more peace, joy, and freedom. And also, if you're on my email list, you'll be the first to be notified of any special projects that I'm working on, and you'll get some amazing deals on things like my online courses. If you're like, yes, please, just head to the link in the show notes to get free weekly support from me. You don't have to do everything in order to recover. Not doing things sometimes doesn't mean that you won't recover. I think we often think about what we should do because if we don't, it'll mean something about our recovery and we don't give ourselves any breathing room. Allow yourself to breathe. You don't have to do it all in order to recover. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I am so excited about this episode. Sometimes when I get ideas for episodes, I'm like, yeah, it's good. And then other times I'm like, dang, it's so good. (laughs) This episode is a dang, it's so good episode, or at least I think so. And I hope that you do too. So I wanted to create this episode because so much of what's shared about anxiety recovery is about what you can or should do or what tips and tools you can use that will be helpful. But there's not so much about the flip side, right? Meaning all the things you maybe don't have to do or even should do in order to recover. Because the reality is that you can't and you don't have to do it all in order to recover. And the recovery journey is actually a whole lot about doing less. And now you're probably like, what? Yeah, I said it's about doing less. We'll jump into how you can do less throughout this episode. So I just want to start by saying that I think recovery is way harder these days than it was 10 or even 5 years ago. From social media, to YouTube, to podcasts, to self-help books, I feel like there is so much out there now on anxiety recovery. People are inundated with information and solutions. And with all of this information, it can sometimes make you feel like you have to consume all of it or that you have to find the thing that will, quote, work. And with the overload of information, it can leave you asking yourself questions like, what am I doing wrong? Maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe I should be doing that. Maybe I should try that. That person said this. Maybe I have that diagnosis too. And although information is great, it can also lead to some very unhealthy places. And a whole lot of you always looking outward for answers, trust, and solutions rather than you looking inward. And you know how much I love you looking inward. All right, let's jump in and talk about the six things that I didn't do in order to recover so that you can gain some helpful insights and tips. 
Number one, I didn't read every self-help book. This is probably a shocking confession, but I don't think I even made it through an entire anxiety self-help book when I was working to recover. And this is probably another shocking and maybe even cringe-worthy confession, but I also haven't read any of Claire Weeks' books. Yeah, I just admitted that. <laughs> it's funny because I've had a few people tell me that they've read Claire Weeks' work and that my work is similar, and I think it's because we both have lived experience with anxiety, and that's what I teach based off of, my own lived experience. So yeah, when I was struggling with panic disorder and agoraphobia, I bought one book, and I honestly don't think I finished it. And I'm sure that a huge part of this was because when I was struggling, I was often so drained and I didn't have the energy to read an entire book and then do the work. So I didn't read any books that explained physiologically what was happening to me when I felt anxious or panicky or was experiencing a particular symptom. And I also didn't read any books that taught me how to recover and what to do. And I'm not telling you all of this because I don't think that education is important because I absolutely believe that education is so important and is definitely helpful. However, reading every book, watching every YouTube video, looking at every Instagram and Facebook post, listening to every podcast can actually hinder your healing rather than help you. Something that I often hear from people that I work with is, I've read every book and I understand anxiety and panic, but I'm still struggling. And this is often because healing doesn't happen inside of books or on social media or on YouTube or while listening to podcasts. Sure, these things can help to support your healing, but healing happens outside of these things. It's important to take what's helpful to you from these things, but then you actually have to take action and implement these things into your life and practice them. And also to hold yourself accountable to implement and stay consistent with the helpful stuff and practices. And this is often why people want to work with me one-on-one -on -one, because they want a little more guidance and they want the accountability. And I'm a really good accountability partner. So in general, rather than overwhelming yourself with information, maybe taking in less would be much more helpful. Maybe limiting how much information you take in will actually relieve some of the overwhelm, anxiety, and tension you're experiencing. And I promise you this, decreasing the amount that you're looking outward for answers and solutions and instead looking inward, well, this is where so much of the magic lies. Because being able to listen to and trust yourself is a huge part of recovery. And beginning to listen to and trust yourself will help you to get to where you want to be even quicker and with less resistance. Okay, number two, I didn't do exposures every single day. Gasp, right? I know that there's so many people out there that proclaim that you have to do exposure work every single day, and I really don't buy into this idea. Don't get me wrong, I think that exposure work, or what I like to call facing anxiety and your fears, is absolutely necessary and important. But I don't believe that you have to do this work every single day or else you won't heal. I see messages on social media, on podcasts, and on other platforms saying that you have to do exposure work every single day, sometimes even multiple times per day. 
And I don't think that this is always feasible or even realistic. Something that you have to keep in mind is that with every message, every piece of advice, tip, or tool, it's being delivered as a general message or piece of advice, tip, or tool. It's not being tailored and delivered specifically to you, taking into account your situations, your struggles, etc. So although the thing may be helpful to some, it may not be so helpful for you. For example, when I see messages like, you have to do something every day that scares you, which is a message that I've definitely put out there, and I think, cool, I like that message. But how some might translate that is, I have to force myself to ride the train every single day, otherwise I won't recover, which really isn't true. Sure, you have to face your fear and ride the train, but you don't need to do it every single day in order to overcome this fear. And because I'm a mom, when I see messages that say that you have to do exposure work every single day, I immediately think of women like me who don't have a whole lot of extra time in their days to dedicate time every day to doing exposures. Because typically alongside being a mom, you're also working and taking care of others and doing lots of life-related things and feeling for everyone around you and trying to do it all, all while struggling with your own mental health. So what might be feasible and realistic for someone may not be even close to feasible, realistic, or even helpful for you. Here's what I want you to know. Facing anxiety in your fears is important. But overcoming anxiety, panic, and agoraphobia is more about changing your entire relationship with anxiety. And this doesn't happen by just doing exposure work. My platform is called A Healthy Push because it's so important to push yourself, but in a healthy way. And sometimes pushing yourself looks like resting and changing your self-talk and being compassionate with yourself and practicing self-care and giving your body lots of good nutrients, and making time to do things that you actually enjoy and things that bring you joy. These things are just as important as facing your fears. And that last one that I mentioned leads nicely into the next thing that I didn't do to recover. Number three, I didn't stop living. Yeah, this one is big. I didn't put my life on hold in order to recover. I had hobbies and passions, and as much as I didn't have the energy or desire sometimes, I continued to do the things that I enjoyed because I knew how important it was to not allow anxiety and fear to take it all from me. I continued to choose doing things that I valued, and by doing this, it also helped me to overcome many of my fears. You know, it's funny how many times I get asked, how the heck did you get tattoos while you were struggling? And my simple answer is, I really love tattoos, so I got them while feeling incredibly anxious. Was it hard? Yeah, of course it was. But I wasn't willing to let anxiety dictate my every move. Simply put, I wasn't willing to shrink my world because of anxiety and fear. And this is something that we often lose sight of. And it's the fact that our choices, behaviors, and actions often shrink our world. And this is something that we often lose sight of. And it's the fact that our own choices, behaviors, and actions often shrink our world. Don't allow anxiety and fear to shrink your world. Keep living while you're working to heal. 
So I want you to really think about this and answer this question honestly. When's the last time you did something that you enjoyed? Or maybe you're like, Shannon, I don't even know what I enjoy anymore. It feels like I can't enjoy anything. Trust me, I get it. But I want you to think about what you enjoy doing in life. Think about what you used to enjoy before you began struggling. I want you to think about hobbies or passions or even things that you used to do as a kid. And pick one of these things and give it a shot. Take small steps to start doing this thing again. Choose what you value over and over again and do it while feeling scared and anxious. All right, number four, and this is a big one. I didn't force myself to do everything. I think when you're struggling with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia, you often convince yourself that you have to do everything in order to recover. Let me tell you a story that will help me to explain what I mean by this. Back when I was struggling, Adam and I took a trip to New York City to visit some family and friends. And while we were out and about one day exploring the city, the group of people we were with started talking about riding the Roosevelt Island tramway. And if you're not familiar with what that is, I want you to picture a gondola going up a ski lift, except what's underneath you is water rather than mountain and snow. So yeah, you just ride in this little metal box from the city to an island, which actually only takes about four minutes. But my response to taking this four-minute ride at the time was a big heck no. At the time, the idea of getting on this thing was unthinkable. I thought to myself, I cannot do that. I'll be trapped. What if I panic? I can't just get off of it. What if I can't handle it? What if I freak out and I lose my shit in front of everyone? So I made up some excuse as to why I didn't want to do it, an excuse that had nothing to do with anxiety. Then I beat myself up for the next hour or so for not doing it. And then I quickly convinced myself that I sucked, that I was so ridiculous, and that everyone thought that I was crazy and that I'd never recover. Yeah, the places that your brain can go. So should I have gotten on the tramway? Who cares? I didn't get on the tramway and I still recovered. I want you to really acknowledge this. You don't have to do everything in order to recover. Not doing things sometimes doesn't mean that you won't recover. I think we often think about what we should do because if we don't, it'll mean something about our recovery and we don't give ourselves any breathing room. Allow yourself to breathe. You don't have to do it all in order to recover. Remember, the small steps will get you there. Number five, I didn't always believe in myself. Crazy, huh? <laughs> I mean, I'm human. And just like I didn't always believe in myself, I'm sure you have moments where you don't believe in yourself. And this is because you too are human. Although your actions every day will help you to create a stronger belief in you and your capabilities, at times you are going to question yourself, your capabilities, your choices, etc. It's okay to just let yourself question and to be human. I can tell you there were so many times that I questioned myself, my capabilities, and just my recovery in general. There were countless times that I questioned whether or not I'd ever recover. There were many times that I went down the path of, see Shannon, this is just who you are. You're always going to panic. You're always going to struggle with anxiety. You can't do this. And 
this was just my brain doing what human brains do. When things feel uncomfortable, when things feel hard, when you feel resistance, it's natural to question yourself, your capabilities, and your decisions. But in the moments where you find yourself questioning yourself, your capabilities, or your recovery, really pay attention to the dialogue that you're having with yourself. Because how we talk to ourselves and the stories we tell ourselves hugely shape our beliefs, our actions, and our behaviors. And you have control of the messages and the stories that you tell yourself. Your reality is that you aren't your struggle. Anxiety doesn't define you. You have always worked through every panic attack and you will continue to. And sure, there are probably things you can't do quite yet, but you will get there. And just because you maybe can't see that recovery is possible for you right now or believe that it's possible for you, it doesn't mean that it isn't possible. Okay, and the last one, number six, I didn't always get it right. And honestly, the idea of getting things quote right when you're working to heal is kind of funny to me. Because if you always got things right, how the heck would you ever learn, grow, and heal? I think we often put these unrealistic expectations on ourselves that our healing should look a certain way. And the amount of pressure we put on ourselves to get things right only adds to the anxiety we're already experiencing. A theme I hear a lot in people that I work with is, Shannon, I don't know if I did that right. And I don't think I should have done that, but I did. And this a little bit goes back to, you are human, you are learning, and you are practicing. You aren't always going to make the best or healthiest decisions. You are sometimes going to make the decision to avoid or run or fight when you really wanted to face it or stay or accept. This is okay. I know that you don't want to mess up, but the healing journey is full of messing up. And it's about simply being aware and super compassionate with yourself when this happens. It's okay that you want to get things right because you really want to heal. But you don't have to get everything right in order to heal. Allow yourself to be human in the process. This means checking in with your expectations of yourself and not allowing others' expectations of you to define your expectations of yourself or your recovery. This means letting go of some of the perfectionism tendencies and just allowing yourself to make mistakes. This means starting to lean into yourself and building more trust in yourself that you can make mistakes and still heal. It means seeing these moments as getting you one step closer to healing rather than it taking you 10 steps back. Trust me, my friend, I didn't always get it right. I made plenty of mistakes and for years, which is why I'm here with you now sharing my mistakes, my insights, and knowledge because I don't want you to struggle for years like I did because you don't have to continue struggling for years. You can mess up a whole lot and you will mess up a whole lot and you can still recover. All right, I could throw so many more things onto this list, but I'm going to end it there and maybe I'll do a part two episode soon. Until next time, keep taking healthy action and allow yourself to be human in the process. 
And before I end this episode, I want to mention that I'd really appreciate it if you shared this episode or any others with somebody who you feel could benefit from what I share here. You sharing these episodes is what helps me to reach and support others who need it. And if you have an extra minute in your day today, I'd also really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. I read every single review and this too is what helps me to help more people to heal and overcome. All right, until next time, friend, keep taking healthy action. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.